In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I've been busy. That's one of our favorite self-descriptions, isn't it? When someone says, oh, how are you? Oh, I've been busy. Right. Um, We like to tell people what we've done. I have good friends who kind of give me their laundry list of all the things they've done all day long when I say, how are you? It's just something that typifies maybe our American culture um, because we always have to emphasize this American initiative, the hard work that we do, the things that we get done. And we pastors are no exceptions. Um, When call committees ask us what we've done, we can tell you. Generally, though, call committees don't ask potential pastors, what is your prayer life like? They'd rather know what programs you've run, the things you've done. Right? They want to see results of your hard work. But maybe asking about one's devotional life is just as important. Of course, that applies to church members too, right? Not just potential pastors. We so often applaud those who wear several hats in a church, especially a church the size of Grace or the size of Christ Church Lutheran because so many people have to do so many things in order to keep things going the way they need to and ought to. And we like that. In fact, that's one of the things that I brag about people here at Christ Church more often than anything I'm amazed at what a handful of people can accomplish. And if something needs to be done, somebody is always there to step up and do it. It's, it is amazing to me. But it's probably because that's the way we were raised. Maybe that's how we live our life at home, too. You know, you're up at 5.30 in the morning and then you get breakfast ready and you get the kids up and you get the kids ready and then you go to work and then you come home and you do all the things you need to do and you put the kids to bed and then you wonder why you never have time to spend time with your kids because you're always so busy. Martha was busy too. Sweeping the floor, baking bread, setting a table. When Jesus knocked at their door, she immediately started to be the good host that she was. But she noticed that Mary was not helping her in the kitchen, that Mary was sitting there in the living room with Jesus, paying attention to what he had to say. And she was maybe a little annoyed. She was frantically managing things, doing what she thought was best, while Mary just sat around. 
She even marched into the room and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me do all this work by myself? And then she said, you, because she listens to you, you tell her to help me. And then Jesus surprises her maybe a little bit by saying, Martha, you're worried and distracted by many things. And in parentheses, things that don't matter all that much. Mary has chosen the better part, and that will not be taken away from her. It's a familiar story, Mary and Martha, and I hope by now you've figured out there's a little of Mary and a little of Martha in all of us, right? But it's so easy because it's a familiar story to miss some of the great points. Jesus isn't simply saying to Martha, you know, take a break from all your work in the kitchen and come and sit here with us. And in fact, we also need to remember that Mary wasn't just snoozing a little bit or taking a break. She was sitting at the feet of Jesus. She was busy listening to Jesus. And Jesus is telling her, and through the story telling us, that our life with Jesus is the very core of our very existence. This was not something that was just, oh, Mary's in there with Jesus and I'm busy, or Jesus, I'm going to keep you company while my sister is busy in the kitchen. Mary knew how important it was to sit at the feet of Jesus and be fed by his words be uplifted by his presence, and to be included in what Jesus was trying to invite us all into, to be part of this reign of God that can change and transform the world. The Christian life is an active life. It's a life of worship. It's a life of service. It's a life of telling the story of God's love for us and for the world. But the mainspring of everything is Jesus. And the timing of his visit to Mary and Martha is important, too. We've heard this a lot lately. As Jesus set his eyes toward Jerusalem... And that implies that all these big things now, after three years of preaching and teaching and being with folks, everything is coming to a close as he heads to Jerusalem where his death and resurrection will happen. And he's so eager to continue to share this news of the reign, the kingdom of God He doesn't want people to be distracted. He wants them to be with him. So he wanted Martha and Mary to know the importance of his visit. And he wanted them to make this conviction or this uh, this decision to make Jesus the center of their life too. 
who was crucified and then would come back to life, but would not be a dead martyr only, but a living Savior. He wanted them to know that he was going to die, but that death would not hold him in its icy grip. He wanted them to know about the resurrection and what it meant would mean for them and for the whole world. He wanted them to be part of this living body of Christ. So the reminder for us is that Jesus is with us today in our work, at our play, at home, or wherever we find ourselves. He's as close to us as the air that we breathe. And the Christian life is life lived in this companionship, in this relationship with Christ. And it's a relationship, like most relationships, that take a little work, that need a little nurturing, that need to be remembered and thought of and articulated over and over and over again. Henry Skugel was a young theologian in Scotland who wrote The Life of God in the Soul of Man. Uh, He wrote it back in 1678, so they weren't all that inclusive back then. But uh, it was such an important book that George Whitefield, who was one of the leading evangelists in the Great Awakening period, gave a copy to Charles Wesley, and it contributed to his conversion to Christianity. And in his book, he laments that so few people understand what Christianity really is. He says people think that it's just believing a set of doctrines or beliefs that the church tells you that you have to agree with. Or he says that people imagine that God wants them to keep all the commandments and the laws like they did in the Old Testament. And then if you break a commandment, you are out of sync or out of love of God. Or he says that a lot of people think that it has to do with their feelings and their emotions toward God. We have good thoughts or good feelings when we think of Jesus and the work Jesus has done for us. And he says, in all of that, we miss the point. Because the essence of Christianity lies not in the realm of thought or performance or feelings. It is rather our union with the soul of God. In his letter to the Galatians, the Apostle Paul describes it this way. He says that Jesus Christ is formed in us. That's a connection. Mary knew that connection. Her life with Jesus was more important than making food or cleaning up or a life of service. Does that minimize Christian action? No, I hope not. But it reminds us that everything we do in the name of Jesus Christ, all of our service, 
all of our programs, all of our actions, all of the things that we do in the name of Jesus is first connected with the relationship with this Jesus in whose name we act. And that is the foundation and the basis for all that we do in Jesus' name. The life of God in the human body and soul. That's Christian life. Jesus makes this point when he tells his disciples that he is the vine and we are the branches. And he says it again when he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So as we think about this story, it's not so much about who's a Martha and who's a Mary and what we do in Jesus' name. But it's more about how do we continue to nurture the relationship with Jesus that allows us to do so much in Jesus' name. Amen.